Hello runners, this is Bala here again. How are you all doing? Coming back to you again from uh, yet another trip to Singapore. And uh, you know, uh, this is my favorite run as you all know. Every time I'm here, I do this marina run. This is uh, this area. As you can see, it's just a brilliant area. Um, and I just finished my run and about an hour or so of run and uh, took a lot of pictures, videos, enjoyed the run. Uh, go to my Strava and check out the pictures. And uh, as is tradition, I always record a weekend message from, um, <clears throat> from my Singapore run. Normally, I record from that helix bridge out there. I don't know if you guys can see that. Uh, the, um, the red sort of the thing that you see, the red color, that is the helix bridge. Normally, I stay there and I record uh, weekend messages but this time I thought I'll go on the opposite side and you know it's a beautiful park here just sit here and do a recording after my run so first of all guys congratulations the season is almost over peak miso is done as by the time you get this message most of you would be uh, staring into the last long run of the season how crazy is that congratulations folks some of you are already beginning to taper for your races uh, yet some of you have a few more weeks to go but from an official season perspective it is already done what a fantastic achievement congratulations I thought we just started we literally just got started and look at where we are this is what happens guys uh, when you are in a very structured training program this is what happens you know you, uh, you don't realize uh, how time flies because you are in a rhythm and when you're in a rhythm, when you have a specific framework, a special, specific goal, and you're working hard, you don't realize that you just get shit done. Congratulations. I'm so proud of all of you. All of us are so proud of all of you. And it really inspired us too. Like for instance, because of your inspiration, even though I'm here just for a couple of days, I don't miss a run. <clears throat> Talking of runs, just thought I'll... Uh, now you guys are all seasoned runners. Many of you are, you know, going to vacations and go for a destination run and so on. And trust me, I've been doing this for a very, very long time. And for me, destination runs, travels and run are the reason why I'm doing running. Not the medals, not the PRs, nothing else. Um, the only word that I would say, a word of wisdom that I would say, is that when you are running in different places, you got to trust your uh, body, how your body feels. Don't force fit your uh, runs onto any destination runs. For instance, I've been traveling nonstop for the better part of the last couple of weeks now. So I am jet lagged, even though I feel I've slept well, but the body is still not yet fully 100%. So with that in mind, you got to reduce your pace, manage your workload, and sort of be uh, run within yourself. You know, that's the lesson. If you want to do long-term running, that's what you need to do and that when you do that you enjoy these beautiful runs in uh, really fantastic weather it's about 80 degrees out here cool breeze um, man I think uh, I think uh, this is my this is what life is all about isn't it <clears throat> so today folks as we near the end of the season I wanted to give three messages three specific messages one of that keeps uh, you know I don't this time only that question comes with uh, from all our runners so let me ask that question to myself and answer that so that is the first one that I wanted to talk about then the second one is sort of introduce two advanced running metrics uh, especially for new runners uh, this will be very useful you don't have to 
overthink it. But now that you are almost completing a season, it is good to know what those two advanced metrics are, what does it mean. And then as you come back to other seasons, uh, you will know that these metrics are something that you can think about and focus on. Okay. So the first question that I'm going to ask myself, and I'm sure it is there in many of the uh, first time runners uh, minds at least, is that why are we not training the entire distance? What I mean by that is, let's say you're training for a half marathon, uh, we tap it at about 10 miles. Uh, advanced marathoners maybe tap it at 11 miles. Why don't we run the entire 13 mile? Why don't we run 15 miles? You know, train for 15 miles so that come race day 13 miles uh, is easier, right? I mean, I can see why you say that. You know, typically that's how we do and prepare for an exam, right? We prepare for tougher uh, problems so that uh, when exam comes, uh, it becomes easier. Uh, you prepare for 100 problems in one hour so that in exam time you can do 50 problems in uh, 40 minutes, things like that. So I know that's the typical mindset, but uh, why don't we do that? Now, the reason why we don't do that is mainly two reasons. One is, as I told you, that long distance training is all always about that finding that balance between the training impact, that means the incremental training impact because of a run and the incremental injury that is happening to your body. At the end of the day, this is a impact sport. So when you're pounding your uh, joints on the asphalt or road or wherever it is, your body is getting pounded. Your body is getting impacted by these uh, stresses, impact loading. And there is a lot of damage that is happening. Micro damage, it's not big ones, but micro damages that are happening. So the idea here is you always neutralize or balance the incremental uh, training impact because of a run and incremental um, you know, injury that is happening because of a run. So as long as the incremental training impact is higher than the incremental injury, you're in good shape. If you have the other way around, then you start uh, in a matter of time accumulating stresses and you will get injured and the body will shut you down. We don't want that. We want to keep doing that. So that's the first thing is we think about, do you really need to do 13 miles versus 10 miles, let's say for a half marathon? And the answer is the incremental training impact of doing 13 miles versus 10 miles. Let us say when you do 10 miles, your training impact increases by 50 units and uh, your injury goes up by 40 units. But when you do 13 miles, it is not as if your training impact goes from 50 to 80. It goes from 50 to 60, but your injury goes from 40 to 70. Or in other words, the incremental impact of injury is a lot higher than the impact of training. And as a result, we are a net negative when you do that. We don't want that because you're already ready. A 10 mile run, if you do, you are mentally and physically ready to push yourself and do the 13 mile run come race day. Why would you, why you would ask that? The reason is two, things, two reasons on race day. One, you will do a solid amount of nutrition or you're expected to do solid amount of nutrition. Sometimes in running long runs, you might not do. But when it comes race day, you you know, you do Gatorade every two miles, drink water, have um, gel religiously every three miles and have a banana before, have a nice breakfast. You do all those good things. Take rest the previous night, have a carb loading as opposed to a long run where you probably have done your work and then, you know, didn't sleep well properly and then go for the long run. You don't do all of that. So body is better nourished and nutrition is there for a race day because you prepare for it. Secondly, there is this element of adrenaline. 
because of adrenaline your body is ready to deliver more that's item number two and item number three is that typically we go all out we don't want to restrict ourselves in a race day so you go all out it is okay to be completely energyless after the end of the race so you go all out you don't restrict yourself and normally you run with other runners so all of these factors when you come together when you train for 10 miles 13 miles becomes ready and you are easy to do the 13 mile run or you are mentally and physically ready to do 13 mile run same thing goes for full marathon you do you do 20 miles then come race day 26 miles you can do even if you have never done anything more than 20 miles but the good news is you have limited potential injury that would happen by running 26 miles before the race day and uh, you know why do you want to take that risk that's really the, the idea behind this and that's why most coaches most training programs will never really run the entire race distance before the race day so that's hope that gives you a good answer for why we do this so as you finish this meet me so i can tell you you guys are ready you guys are ready for uh, the races i cannot wait for the race day i know that our whatsapp group will uh, uh, will explode with congratulatory messages positive news from all directions so it's going to be a lot of fun guys so that's the first question now the second thing the two metrics that i wanted to introduce to you today as part of this messaging uh, is one what you would call it as the lactate threshold lactate threshold and then the second one is VO2 max, VO2 max, volumetric oxygen consumption max. That's really what VO2 max is. So what are these two metrics and why it is, uh, you know, what does it signify and what is the layman's understanding of, uh, of these two metrics, advanced metrics, let me tell you. So now let's talk about the lactate threshold. The way I would explain it in a very simple manner is that, you know, when you're running, your body takes oxygen, takes energy, which is in the form of glucose, metabolizes that, produces energy. And while you're producing energy, it also produces a byproduct called lactates. Now, lactates per se is not bad. It's actually a source of energy. But the problem with lactates is that you need the muscles to process the lactate out of the place where it is produced, which is typically the muscles are using the energy and oxygen is there and lactates are produced there in your muscles. So you want the muscles to take the lactates out of the muscle fiber and into the bloodstream. But if that is not happening and you don't give sufficient time, then lactate sort of starts accumulating this lactate, the byproduct of combustion of running starts accumulating in your muscle fibers that's really what is happening in a very simplistic scenario so it, if you think about it, the way you should understand this is take a, a, a small cup of water okay and and make a small hole at the at the at the bottom part of the the cup and you start pouring water from the top now if let's say you're pouring water and because of the hole the water starts leaking out from the bottom now, as you keep pouring water, if the flow of water that you're pouring in is less than the amount of water that is going out through the hole, then you have no problem. The water is not accumulating at all in the cup, right? Because incoming water volume is less than the outgoing water volume through the hole. But if, for instance, you're pouring a lot more than the, the uh, water that is going out, what happens? The water starts accumulating on the cup. Now, as it starts accumulating on the cup, there will be a point where the water reaches the brim of the cup and it starts overflowing. Yeah, This is exactly what is happening in your body. 
as long instead of water think lactate is coming instead of the cup think it is your muscle fiber and instead of the whole think it is the ability of your body or your muscles to remove the lactate from the muscle so as long as the muscle fiber is able to remove the lactates more than the amount of lactates that is coming into the muscle fiber nothing happens but if the incoming lactate volume is much higher than the muscle's ability to remove the lactate then lactate starts accumulating in the muscles now as it starts accumulating you reach a point where you reach a threshold a, a sort of a limit value of lactate and that threshold is called as the lactate threshold where the muscle fibers are saturated it is just saturated with um with the uh, lactates and when that saturation happens or at that lactate threshold point the muscles are not able to contract and expand or in other words the muscles are not able to do its job and because of that you will start cramping you will not be able to run you will have all kinds of issues so net net what i'm trying to tell you guys is that you don't want to reach the lactate threshold if you reach the lactate threshold then you won't be able to run as simple as that so now the question then comes is how do you avoid lactate threshold there are only two ways one see make sure that your muscles are able to take out lot more lactates than what it was doing before which is something that you can't just like that switch it on it's a you know inherent body's function it will take some time more training muscles will get used to taking out lactate so that lever is not there with you the only lever that is there then with you is reduce the amount of lactate that is coming in to the muscles when you do that it's almost like reducing the volume of water coming into the cup and as a result no accumulation of lactate and no accumulation of lactate means you don't reach the lactate threshold and as a result you will not be uh, you know shut down by running because of getting lactate threshold right the way you reduce the amount of lactate coming in is when you run in an oxygen rich environment or in other words when you run a cp run how beautiful it is folks everything comes back to cp so when you are in cp runs you are in a aerobic zone of running and when you are running in aerobic zone the production of lactate is much lesser and as a result you do not reach the lactate threshold earlier so when you start a race that is why we ask you to run slower initially because when you run slower there is no lactate accumulation let's say you run a full marathon so you keep running in your cp or much slower pace initially or in other words there is no lactate accumulation till mile 13 and then you increase the pace as you increase the pace there begins lactate accumulation but still it is not a problem because it hasn't reached the threshold the idea is you run and you you run your pace in such a way that by the time you finish the race you are just up to the brim but you haven't crossed the lactate threshold in that way you are able to get the best out of your overall race pace or in other words you are executing what is called as a progressive reverse split isn't it all fun everything coming together with that lactate threshold concept progressive reverse split starting off very in a aerobic zone try to keep it as much as possible and then as you um, you know progress towards the race you are able to uh, delay the onset of lactate threshold and hopefully you've controlled it in such a way that the lactate threshold is actually after the race which doesn't really matter because you stop running after the race 
That same thing you have to do it for long runs. Folks who go and struggle on a long run in my last two miles of a long run, you got to think, okay, I've reached the lactate threshold. One one of the reasons could be you've reached the lactate threshold. So you need to see whether you are able to, um, you know, uh, reduce pace initially so that you can push the onset of lactate threshold. So that's really what it is, guys. Uh, uh, once again. Sorry, just a little interruption. I got a client on the other side. There is the person whom I came here for. I saw that guy, which is very interesting. Um, but yeah, coming back to uh, what I was saying. So that's the lactate threshold uh, uh, thing. So let us now talk about the second, the other metric, which is the VO2 max, volumetric oxygen max. Now this VO2 max is quite simple, folks. VO2 max really is a measure of how much oxygen the maximum amount of oxygen your body is trained to um, trained to process. So if you think about it, one of the limiting factor for a run is the availability of oxygen, not just energy, the availability of oxygen. That's why you gasp, right? Your body is not able to process the oxygen coming in and the carbon dioxide. If you are not able to take the carbon dioxide out, then body is not able to take that much oxygen in. So gasping happens when body is not able to remove the carbon dioxide uh, in time for the next requirement of oxygen coming into the lungs. So as a result, there is a deficiency of oxygen in the body. That's why the gasping happens. So VO to max idea here is how well your body is able to uh, your body is able to absorb and process oxygen and uh, you know process oxygen and let's say two people. One, one uh, runner is able to process 100 units of oxygen, the max he can process, and the other person can do 200 units. Obviously, the second runner can push his heart, push his system to a much higher level than the first runner because oxygen is available. That doesn't become the limiting factor. So, can run faster, can run longer and faster, all of those combinations. So, VO to max is a measure of that how max you can do and again vo to max is not something that you can just train for and improve on it vo to max happens the improvement of vo to max happens as you train more and more um, for instance i've been running for the last whatever 14 15 years now and if i measure if i had measured my vo to max uh, uh, you know at the beginning of my running journey and if i had measured the vo to max right now I can tell you that my VO to max would have increased at least two times, if not more. And the reason is my body is now able to process my lungs, my cardiovascular system, my musculoskeletal system, the efficiency, everything is improved. And as a result, I'm able to process a lot more oxygen. So that's the idea behind, uh, uh, behind all of this. And hence, uh, you know, I uh, hope you just get that point. So you will see that in Garmin and other uh, watches. So, so that's the thing guys, hopefully the message for today uh, makes all sense for all of you. Um, not running the full distance, not training the full distance and uh, not training the full distance so that you don't get the over injured and not really get the benefit of extra training. Hence we do 60, uh, 20 miles for full marathon or six, um, 10 miles for half marathon and so forth. You are ready when you do that mentally and physically and then um, the uh, lactate threshold is a threshold after which 
lactate becomes saturated in your muscles thereby shutting down your muscles so we don't want to reach that the only way to not reach that is try to run as much as you possible on cp and or in aerobic zone and then you take on or uh, do a progressive reverse split uh, that's really the other side of that and then finally the vivo to max your body's ability to process the maximum amount of oxygen a body should be able to process is a measure of how fast or how long you can run uh, for a given speed so those are three advanced metrics hopefully all of this makes sense hopefully it's not too complicated um, and uh, really congratulations folks for coming to this level uh, really want you to uh, you know bring it you started strong you endured it let's finish strong and also folks the t-shirts are here in the next couple of days or today tomorrow and you will start uh, seeing uh, some messages from uh, our operations head mona who will uh, start delivering your t-shirts and give some messages i can't wait to see all of you on race day uh, please do register as i said even if you run in other places it doesn't matter uh, this is just race day for us runners i for runners i by runners i um, so want to see you guys there and let's have some fun and thank you guys and all the very best and signing off from the fullerton hotel in singapore take a look at this very very nice place take care guys